Boilermakers do it! They survived the upset with a three-set run to win in five. The block by Purdue, and the Boilermakers are moving on! Welcome back to the Dig City Podcast, uh, brought to you by Franciscan Health. Franciscan Health, uh, the official healthcare provider for Purdue Athletics. Um, good to be back with you, Dave. It's, uh, it's week two. We're going to talk about opening week, of course, and then preview this week's action uh, down in Kansas. First road trip of the year for this young team. Um, started off pretty good Friday night uh, with, with Duke coming to town, a four-set win over the Blue Devils uh, in front of a fantastic crowd. They, they were really lathered up on Friday night, I thought. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll start there. We'll kind of go match by match. Performance of your team Friday night, what did you think? Well, I thought we played a team that um, we were fairly evenly matched up with from the standpoint that they had a few new faces too. They have a an outstanding middle transfer from Michigan that we had a hard time with. They've got a really good setter that transferred from Cornell. And then they had about everybody else was a, a full-fledged um, dookie. So they, they had a lot of, lot back, but they did have some new faces that were just trying to, to, to work work into the lineup. Um, I felt like we, were, we would beat them going in. I think our team felt like we would beat them. We played well the first set. We got knocked off the second set and then we really started to settle in and played really high level volleyball, I thought, the next two sets and, and won that match going away. And, and you know, you talked about the crowd briefly, but um, all weekend long we had three sellout crowds. And you know, a lot of people talk about having sellouts. And, and I feel like you can have a sellout, and sometimes people don't even show up. They buy their tickets, right. they're season ticket holders. Our mm-hmm. people were there, but more importantly, Corey, pound for pound, I think that our crowd brings more noise and more purpose um, and, and are a bigger factor on a match than anybody. Now, keep in mind, we lost two matches this weekend, sure. which is disappointing, um, but it wasn't because of that, that crowd and not that block party. The block party was at an all-time high, and I just want them to know how much I appreciate them and how much the rest of our fans feed off of them. And it's just a really unique situation in our, I guess, friendly confines over there that hold about 2,500, and unless you put some standing room only in. And it, it, a group of people, of 300 college students, can change the whole complexion of, of what's going on in there. And this group gets it, and this group's doing that. And I think as our team matures and, and learns to play together and, and you know, sh- shakes off some of the nerves um, and gets, gets in, in top shape, that uh, we're going to be really hard to handle in that gym. For sure. I, I, I... To, to speak a little bit to that point as well, uh, you know, we see some other venues in the country that are bigger. You know, maybe they can get more numbers, but but I doubt they, you know, they're not bringing less energy, but I don't think they can bring much much more energy than, than your And the volume, does. the volume. You yeah. know, I, I was just talking to somebody today that when a player of mine comes out of the game, they can't hear what I'm saying. And my, my voice isn't that soft. Right. I mean, I can be heard, but but... They can't hear because the crowd is just is so loud. The volume is so high, and that's that's one of the great things about being at Purdue. And I, I think that goes for a lot of different sports. I mean, um, our, our student fans are so loyal and so passionate about this university that it's it's certainly a special thing, and we're fortunate to have that. You speak to the quality of Duke. They they showed that a little bit this weekend as well when they knocked off Creighton on on Sunday yeah. in a five set thriller right before uh, right before y'all came on the floor against Loyola. So, so Duke's going to be going to be good. And um, 
you know that that was a nice win. You turn the mat, uh, turn the page very quickly, mm-hmm. and you knew it was going to be a quick turn. You know, move that uh, start time with the with the Creighton match to mm-hmm. to get on national television, which we talked about last week. Is is you know it was a conversation. It wasn't an automatic yes. It was yeah. like, this is a big ask. Yeah. Um, you do that three thirty live on Big Ten Network. A, a great day of volleyball for them. You know, broadcasting wise, but uh, but the, the team came out a little bit flat. Well, I have to give Creighton a ton of credit. Yeah. I thought they were uh, very very well prepared. For a team that they'd only seen play one time, mm-hmm. uh, but I think when you play our team, and this is no secret to anybody, you're going to start with the two outside hitters. Um, that, that's where they're going to start. So that's why we have to work on a lot of different things that we're going to be effective, uh, being led by probably those two outsides and Raven Colvin, but developing uh, two or three more you know positions where we're going to be much harder to defend uh, than that. So. Um, yeah, I give Creighton a lot of credit. They're a good team. You know, uh, I was happy that Duke, you know, bounced back and showed what they could do because I think that they've got a really good team. I, I think all three teams that we played this weekend are NC2A tournament teams. Totally they agree. will make that tournament if, if they, you know, don't blow up somewhere along the way. Because right. uh, Duke is so much better than what, what they have been. And it's one of those things. I watch our team practice now for th- three and a half weeks, basically. And I feel like we've got a really good team. There's some nights we're not as good as I, I hope to be, but um, we've got some really good arms. We've got good skilled people. Our ball control's good. Um, so if, if you beat us, you're playing pretty well, I think. And Creighton did. And um, you know they've got, uh, I think, a first or second team All-American on the left side. And we actually did a pretty good job against Nora Sis. But, uh, they, they got some help from some other areas. Their other outside hitter had a, a great match. Their right side player was okay, but their middles hurt us. Their setter put on one of the best setting performances that I've ever seen in our gym. Uh, she was really, really good against us and was scoring points. And she's one of those setters that can make something out of nothing. Um, you know, I, I thought they're out of system a lot, but when they're out of system, she's finding some way for them to be effective. So I, I just thought Creighton played very, very well. and, and uh, they will um, have a great chance of win to, to win their particular Big East uh, championship, and uh, I expect them to stay in the top 15 all season long. I know in one of our uh, one of our production calls with their head coach for our Big Ten Plus streams mm-hmm. this weekend, um, their, their coach had mentioned that of their entire non-conference schedule, the match that they circled was Purdue. Mm-hmm. That was the one that that Creighton was looking most forward to. The players were, mm-hmm. were looking most forward to that challenge. I, I well, you could tell. You could. They yeah. were really dialed in. Yeah. Um, I imagine the same could be said. I don't know this for a fact, but Loyola was looking forward to playing Purdue as well, and, and they came out pretty sharp on on Sunday. That yeah. is a you, you would tell anybody that would listen in the run up to the season. Hey, the Ramblers are a very good team, yeah. and uh, and that was a great match. And on we Sunday knew that going in because we played them a year ago. Yeah. And we knew all the players they had coming back to that team from the year before where they were very successful. They had just moved to the Atlantic 10 Conference, which they won, by the way, last year. And they're the favorite to win again this year with the exact same team that they had. But um, I, I just love Loyola's team. Uh, their coach is, a, is such a, a nice um, individual, but she competes. And if you watched her coach, which you probably did, she's jumping, she's falling, she's kicking things, she's yeah. just down there just really competing herself and that's uh, certainly has an impact on how her team plays at least on that particular night and 
and we, we knew what they were going to do. We, di we just didn't stop it. And we're, we're working on some defensive things that we have to figure out. And maybe we, I don't know how you get that far so quick to be able to defend every team you're playing when you, you have 15 practices before that, or 15 days, not even 15 practices, yeah. 15 days, probably more like 12 or 13 days of practice to get everything put together uh, to play that kind of a gauntlet on the first weekend. Um, but we did not match up as well as we needed to. But the best thing about this, Corey, and I hope our fans can appreciate this, is I think we've learned a lot more about our team than we would have if we would have played the schedule a lot of other teams in the top 25 were playing. For sure. Now, a lot of them are playing good teams, but they didn't play three of them that came in and just, you know, kicked you in the mouth, um, you know, night after night, like, like I thought these three teams tried to do. And so now we know that, okay, we've, we've got to focus on this. We have to do a better job of, of understanding how we're going to defend this scenario and how do we get better offense from these, these particular positions so that people aren't going to load up on in this situation. So I thought despite the one and two record, and I, quite frankly, I would have expected 3-0 going in. That's just what we expect here. Um, two, two and one at the least, but to go one and two certainly is a, is a wake-up call. And um, we're not going to stress out about it. We're, we're going to try to build a team. That's what we're going to try to do. We're going to try to build a team and let the fur fly. And, and uh, I think if we do that, we'll be all right. And you just, it's a razor's edge. You know, when you're playing top competition, you know, set three, you lost by two points. Set four, you won by three points. Mm -hmm. and, and then set five, you had a lead slip away to, to lose 16-14 in the fifth. Like, yeah. Well, you look at the Creighton scores. I mean, I think yep. a couple of them were, were 28, 26, or, yep. or, and then one was maybe three or four points. But, um, yeah, I mean, no, and those are, again, I think Loyola at the end of the, the year, now they, they play a tough non-conference schedule, so they're going to have to beat a couple of people. They're going to have Pitt, yeah. they're going to have Tennessee, they're going to have some other people on that docket. Um, and then they get into their league, which everybody knows isn't super strong with the exception of a couple of teams, Dayton being one of those. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, um, we, we got to focus on what we're doing. For sure. And uh, uh, as you like to mention, a quick turnaround coming from playing on Sunday to playing on Thursday against another top 25 team, Kansas. And I know you'll probably get to them in a little bit. Yeah, we will. We'll preview that weekend against Kansas and Marquette in a little bit. Um, one question before we move away, and, and it kind of hopefully will help us transition away. A lot of times after after opening weekend, I'll ask you, what, what did you learn about your team? I'm going to shift it a little bit this time. you got a really young team. What do you hope your team learned about this competition yeah I, I just think that the, the opportunity for I think about seven of them to get on the floor for the first time in a match for Purdue University opens your eyes to a lot of things mm -hmm. okay what does it feel like uh, when you're on that floor what's the crowd like what's the competition going to be like I mean obviously Lauren Poulter has played a lot of volleyball, but she hasn't played it in our gym. Right. She hasn't played it necessarily consistently against this level of competition, and she hasn't done it since she had ACL surgery. Okay. Very true. Yeah. And so, you know, that was big for her. You've got uh, obviously Chloe Shacoin, who had you know a great match, and then a not a great match, and then an, a good match for her. So you expect, I mean, really, you expect expectations for Chloe are high, and that's what she expects for herself. But I think. She'll be much better off now after having three matches like that and learning that not everything's going to go as well as, as you hope it is. There's going to be people that are going to try to 
do what they did to Eva last year and get yep. in your face and be, be there all night long. Um, but then right down the board, I mean, we had, you know, Kenna Wollard played. We had um, Lizzie Carr that played for the first time. We had um, Taylor Anderson that came in and just did a great job. She in, did. In she looked great. Um, and then you had the right side player, Grace Heaney, that came in. So you have a lot of players on the floor for the first time, and they did a nice job. Yep. Um, and again, like you said, it, it wasn't like we went out there and embarrassed ourselves. I think any, any, I think, educated volleyball fan or sports fan would say, man, that team plays hard. They're really competing. They're really doing all they can. They're just not good enough yet to, to beat a couple of teams who are playing at the top of their game, yeah. even though it was in our gym. Um, you know, you, you kind of expect to win those. But in, in this case, we didn't do it. So it's back to the drawing board. You mentioned Grace Heaney was, I think, a perfect example of, of sort of the roller coaster that opening weekend can be in your career against Creighton. You know, three kills, three errors, yeah. hit right around zero. Um, and then you, know, you turn around, she didn't get a lot of action against Loyola until the fourth set when she almost single-handedly well, she may have single-handedly lifted you guys yeah. to, to a fifth set. And again, that's a situation where the, where the block was leaning away from mm -hmm. our, our right side player. She came in the game and got enough pop and got good sets and was able to lift, you know put balls to the floor, and that changed the entire game and all the way until we were up 12-8 in the uh, fifth set. Yep. And then she wasn't in the game when things kind of went sideways um, for us there at the, at the end. So. Uh, yeah, no, I, I just think it's, it's, a, it's a learning process, and, and our kids will continue to learn. It's a great group, and we just have to be patient and stay positive. We're going to look ahead at the week to come when we come back. The Dig City Podcast is presented by Franciscan Health Sports Medicine, inspiring health. Franciscan is the official medical services provider of Purdue Athletics. Now back to the show. All right, Coach, so... Uh, as you mentioned, as I love to mention, quick turnaround. You guys hit the road. Actually, we're taping this on Wednesday morning. You you meet at the airport this afternoon to fly to Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah. Um, take on the number 23-ranked Jayhawks tomorrow. That's Thursday. And that's uh, 7.30 p.m. on ESPN+. And then uh, number 19, Marquette, on Friday at 4 p.m. on uh, also on ESPN+. You can catch both of those on, on the radio as well. Uh, tell me about the Jayhawks. Several transfers have come in to help them. Um, I, I like their, their pin hitters. Uh, their two left side hitters are, are really good. They won both matches last weekend. They beat uh, Nebraska Omaha at, on their floor, and then they also played Pepperdine up there and, and swept them. So they went 6-0 and okay. in set. So uh, they did a lot of things really, really well uh, in that match. Um, they're a, a very formidable opposition. Uh, we've played Kansas twice since I've been at Purdue. Once here where we beat a, a team I think that went to the Final Four that least, year. Yeah. And then uh, we played them again the next year at their place um, and they beat us uh, in four over there. So um, this would be the current rubber game I guess <laughs> of, the, of, of the series. But uh, they, they certainly have more experience on their floor. They're a more veteran team than uh, what we are. They have a local player, uh, Reagan Burns, who uh, was a libero for McCutcheon's really, really good teams. And she's starting as libero okay. uh, for Kansas in the Big 12. So that's, that's awesome for her. So we'll see a familiar face across the court. You know, she graduated with Chloe McCutcheon, uh, Chloe McCutcheon, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so that, uh, that'll be fun seeing her. But uh, we'll have our hands full on their court. Their gym is a little bit like ours. It's 
not very, very big, but uh, probably holds you know two to twenty five, two thousand to twenty five hundred people, and they'll have it packed. It's their home opener, so they'll be fired up. Uh, I think it's the second year in that facility. Okay. It's uh, recently built, so uh, it's right next to Fog Allen Fieldhouse, um, and uh, so we. I always enjoy going to these these campuses and. And uh, not only just seeing the volleyball venue, but taking a walk and seeing all their athletic facilities and hopefully getting into the, the basketball venue to be able to check that out. And so I, I'll try to do that again. But, um, you know, I think what our kids, our players, sometimes they don't realize is those opportunities that they have uh, when, they, when they play competitive athletics to see the country and see different you know, college campuses and, and cities. So I hope that we, get, we, we can give them some time to enjoy that as well besides just playing volleyball. Hope so. It's so much important. It's so important to get that sort of well-rounded experience. And you know, I know time's tight, and you yeah. want to stay focused, but yeah. but to, to live life as well. But, I, but Ray Bouchard is a head coach over there. He, he's um, in the same age category as I am. You know, really young. Yeah. And with lots of years left on yeah. our, our our careers. So, Spry, I think is the uh, word. Yeah, yeah. And so I I always enjoy talking with Ray, and he's he's also a big college basketball fan. He loves his Jayhawks. So. I, I always enjoy some time talking with him and uh, appreciate their um, support uh, with us getting in over there. And I think they played here like once, and I think they need to come back here again soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah gotta get that payback here. Yeah. Um, the next day, Marquette, mm -hmm. another program we've grown pretty familiar with over the years, either yeah. in non-conference or in postseason play. They've come here to play several times, yeah. I know, in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, Marquette uh, was picked. Uh, to, I think, I don't know who's supposed to win their conference, Creighton or Marquette. I think last year Creighton may have won two of the three, uh, but Marquette advanced deeper into the tournament. They went to the Sweet 16. Um, they have, I think, everybody back minus a libero, but they got to transfer libero from Illinois State to fill that hole. They lost kind of a surpriser to Western Kentucky at Dayton uh, in the opening match of the season. They're playing without six foot three inch um, all-conference player um, in the middle, and that you know that's made a difference. And we we don't know if she's back for our match or not, and right. we're not going to see them play before then. So it'll, it would just be strictly a guessing game. Uh, but then I'm not sure who, if anybody knows who we're going to put on the floor yeah. you know, when we get ready to play. So because um, I don't at this point. I just know that we're going to put the best group we can put on at the time and, and see what happens. But Marquette's very, very uh, assertive, aggressive, uh, tough serving, plays hard, good defensive team, lots of balance in their offense, uh, really good left side hitter that's kind of, you know, really led the way for them for the most part. So, um, and I have not watched a lot of them yet this year. My mm -hmm. focus so far has been on Kansas. I'll have time today to watch a little bit more of Marquette. but. Uh, yeah, it's really more about what we're going to do with our team, and that's kind of where our our keen focus has been. How do you split up the scout amongst the staff? Do you, for from a multi match weekend, do you do you divvy up some responsibilities? Yeah, everybody kind of has a, a their area to focus on. John is trying to figure out uh, their passers and their servers, you know, because he calls the serves and he's also in charge of our passing, mm -hmm. our serve receive. So. He wants to narrow in on that and also is trying to figure out offensive execution, what our offensive game plan can be. Uh, Michael, who's our analytics guy, um, does a lot of studying of numbers, but he also watches the tape and, and he kind of helps both John and I. I'm kind of watch covering our defense, so I'm, I'm just watching 
every hitter, what kind of shots that they like to hit. I'm watching each rotation, what are they trying to run out of each particular rotation. Mike gives me some feedback on that. Ben uh, is looking at kind of everything. He mm -hmm. just kind of uh, watches. And so if, if we're kind of confused on something, we might go to a third people. It's kind of like when the you know NCAA basketball officials, the two of them go over there on a challenge <laughs> review, yeah. and they can't figure it out, so they call the third one in. <laughs> okay, like he's going to have the answer. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of how we are with uh, we call Ben in. You know, he, he's, he's a deciding factor sometimes, and he's just a grad assistant that is responsible for just watching tape and being ready for any question that might come his way. And uh, we were like Cat and and, uh, and Carrie both watch tape, but they've got so many other logistical work that they're that they're doing. We don't we don't want to put any more uh, things on their plate. Well, I know I know the recruiting never stops either, and that's that's a big focus for for those two as well. Um, you mentioned, <laughs> I think, in just a little bit, you don't know who's going to be on the floor. For Purdue, I know there's some truth to that. Um, how, how, what do you focus on? Is is it really trying to play matchups? Is it riding a hot hand? Does it switch well, from night to night? Well, I think that you know you, what what did we learned last weekend. I mean, what who went out and played well and got things done for us, and what areas were you know showed up that it didn't go well for us. You know that 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 created a little bit of an issue and. Um, it does have something to do with thinking who you're playing, but it, if we were playing a bunch of teams that didn't have great size or physicality, they wouldn't be on our schedule. I mean, they're on. Our, I mean, we have a really tough schedule. So the, the 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 challenge of it, Corey, is that a lot of teams are able to play a bunch of people right now just so they can play and make them feel good and give them opportunities. We're not going to have a single opportunity to yeah. do that, all right, because of, of the RPI factor. I think we've discussed that. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to beat that to death but um, so our, our kids just have to realize in practices when they're going to show that they deserve to be on the floor then they, they can't sit around and feel sorry for themselves I mean they, they what they have to do is every time we go to practice they get better and they show that they can compete and they can block balls or they can put balls away or they can pass balls to serve or they can set the ball wherever it needs to be and they can run the team whatever it is they have every single practice to do that and they I think I don't think any coach is a lot different than we are here. Yeah, we're here to win. Yeah, and and we're gonna we're gonna look at our lineup and we're gonna put the best team on the floor. Now I was in that first weekend trying to give people opportunities. I thought that over the long course of the season, some of them have redshirted, some of them have just been here for a long time. They all deserved opportunities to go out and play, and um, and we tried to. I think we played thirteen players in the first weekend. Yep, which is which I thought was. Uh, about it as far as I could go in one weekend. Now, maybe this weekend, a couple more might get a, an opportunity. But uh, I don't know what your question was. But I, <laughs> I, it's, it's um, last night's practice helped us kind of get a, a clearer idea. Um, setting situation, we have two or three that, that can all set. And uh, I thought Lauren and Taylor both played well. And um, they'll both be ready. Uh, you know, Ravens a mainstay in one middle spot, but then you have Lourdes, who I thought offensively had good numbers. Um, we wanted to give Lizzie an opportunity uh, to start a match, and thought she played hard and did did some good things. Um, so we'll keep watching them during the, the you know today's practice to see who looks like they are on the verge of of getting something done. And the right side spot is is probably. And I know people always look at us and wonder why we're playing so many different people in different spots. Well, nobody separates themselves. You know, mm -hmm. once somebody starts to separate themselves, 
bam, they're going to be there where they play consistent. And because I want to, coaches want to put a similar lineup on the floor sure, because yeah. there's continuity in, in what you're doing. There's cohesiveness in a game that is really important, uh, like volleyball, for to have cohesiveness. So. Um, but I don't know. I don't, right now, I couldn't tell you what the lineup is going to be. Just to put some numbers behind, you guys played 12 total sets last weekend. Yeah. Um, you did. You did get 13 players in. In the Kenna Wollard played th- in three sets. That's the the least amount of it, those 13. Of those 13, mm-hmm. uh, you've got uh, a whole fistful of of players who saw five sets or six sets. Like it was. There was constant opportunity. I would think there can't be a better motivator in practice for yeah. players than. Yeah. I'm going to get opportunities. Yeah, and I, and I think that's good that those players got that kind of opportunity against, again, good teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, 64 teams make the NCAA tournament. Two of these teams win it last year. I think there's a good chance all three of them will be. If, I mean, if Duke can just hold together. Yeah. Um, they're, in, they're in a good league. You know, ACC's got good volleyball teams, and I think Duke finished sixth or seventh last year. I don't know. Um, but I, I think that they've got enough physicality, and their setter is really good. And uh, they, they play well in a couple matches, I thought, this weekend. So, um, yeah, so that's it. Yeah. 7.30, Thursday night, Boilermakers take on Kansas on ESPN Plus and, and listen to it uh, live on the radio here in Lafayette or on, online. Andrew Fuller, the new man yeah. uh, on the radio. And uh, I, I uh, went over to see him at one point during uh, after our match, and uh, I think it was the – Creighton coaching staff that was right there had been watching that match before their match began, and they both said, "Man, this guy's doing a great job." And uh, so that's good because he's filling the, the big shoes of my son Kyle, who now is at Butler. Where thank goodness he won three three straight this weekend and came back from the dead to beat uh, UC San Diego. So that was good. That's for, good for young Kyle. Great start. Yeah. Great start. We'll keep an eye on keep an eye on that for sure. Uh, one last note before. We get out of here. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, a few of the goings on around the Big Ten. Um, Minnesota, Texas last night, national televised match, and uh, talk about physicality. You Wade Lyon. That was that was nuts. Yeah, there was some there were some athletes on that floor last night, and Minnesota was at home, and Texas, who had gotten beat at Long Beach last weekend, without uh, their best player O'Neal, right, or one of their best players, certainly their best middle kid that had been training all, all summer with the USA national team. Um, I thought they were really, really good last night. They were playing with such tremendous purpose. But Minnesota was in a position to win the fourth and take it to the fifth. Uh, I kind of wish they would have because it was really, really good volleyball a for fun to watch. a national TV audience. But uh, in Minnesota, they look good. They look very good. They got they have a couple transfers that have helped their squad as well. Yep. And, and Texas stubbed their toe on opening night as well, lost to, to Long Beach State. So yeah. it's it's going to be that kind of year, it feels like, in, in college volleyball. It could be. You know, there's uh, some teams in our league that are struggling a little bit early. Um, but I guess we'd be one of them if you look at the if results. If you look at, look at the results. Um, I don't think we're struggling. I think that uh, um, we're we're getting better, and, 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 I, and I like our people. When you like your people, you know you got a chance to keep getting better. And you have to, as a coach and a coaching staff, just figure out what it's going to take to help bring that team along. Every, every team is different. I tell you this every year. You know, people, yeah. sometimes when you have a, a bunch of people back, they think, oh, it's the same team. It's always different. Someone is, takes a new leadership role. You go from a freshman to sophomore, sophomore, junior. The, it's, it's all different. People have different things going on in their lives. Um, so... Uh, but I, I really like this team, and I know it's going to be a challenge for us to 
um, to keep everybody you know feeling like they're a big part of, of what's going on because all their their careers club and high school they have been the big gun yep. they've been the person that everybody talks about and then you come to to play in the Big Ten the best conference in in America best college conference in the world um, you know you're you, you have to really work to get into your position and sometimes uh, it takes time and uh, so it's, it'll be an interesting um, maturation process I think for a lot of players gonna be fun Dave enjoy the road trip thank you always enjoy going to Lawrence Kansas and we hope that uh, we can bring back a win or two there you go boiler up boiler up <laughs>